Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Welcome to the Courageous Parenting Podcast. Hey guys, we're glad to be back with you again. What are we talking about today, honey? Don't make your family an idol. That is an important topic, and before you wonder if that's relevant to you, it is absolutely relevant to every married couple that has kids. It is crucial, in fact, because it is so easy not to realize we're making idols out of things, but have idols in our lives. Maybe we should just lift off, list off a few bullet points so that moms get what we're talking about. Like, for example, have you ever struggled with remembering that you are more than a mom? more than a wife. Yeah. Do we love God more than we love our kids? Mm. Do the decisions that we make about lifestyle choices reveal if God is our first priority or if something else is like our kids, our family? Uh, Do our, our kids more of a focus than our marriage? Oh, okay. So we That's got really stuff, big one. We got we, some things to talk about. We got some about. things to talk about for sure. And uh, we've even struggled with this at times, but we catch ourselves because we're constantly auditing and aware of, you know, the challenges in marriage and so forth. And right. the spirit is convicting us and we have date nights and we talk about these things and we skip back on path. Right. And it's important to do that. It is important. That's one of the reasons why I think this is such a relevant topic for anyone, regardless of what season of parenting they are in. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are married, this is relevant to you because actually, even if you don't have kids, it's relevant Yeah, because of the very first point that we were going to talk about, but we'll get to that in a second. Now, it can be an odd topic in some ways, since if you look at the whole scope of things, parenting as a whole is uh, a neglected art form today, if you say it that way, but it's... Well, and I mean, courageous parenting is all about rising up, being purposeful and intentional parents. And if you look at what the actual definition of intentional is, it means to intend to do something, to be active. So there's but a difference between being a courageous parent and idolizing your family. There's a big difference. Right. And so let's talk about what an idol actually is. It's really anything. It could be Instagram. It could be money. It could yep. be your marriage. It could be anything. Anything it that- could be working out. Working out or a uh, career. It, it the totally dad, could, you know. Yeah. So it, anything that interferes or replaces mm-hmm. our worship of God. That's good. So That's good, Isaac. But we're focusing this one on family because this has so many negative repercussions that uh, really is an erosion slowly over time that's hard to notice. That's right. And then you'll get to later years of parenting and potentially have some massive regrets. Yeah. And it may be almost difficult, not difficult with Jesus, but difficult to reverse some of what you've ingrained or Mm -hmm. maybe... Um, the path that you've created a rut in for your family, mm-hmm. and it for sure will impact your legacy. It so will. this is something that God thinks is important, so why don't you share it? So this? in Exodus 23, it says, you shall have no other gods before me. It's the second commandment. So 
Is that still relevant? Well, yeah, because all throughout the New Testament, it talks about not having idols. And we live in a world full of idol worship, actually, today. And so it's really important. We're focused on godly things, and we're auditing our marriage and our parenting Mm -hmm. to make sure we don't have some of these four points that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, it's interesting um, because... Just even talking about ministry over the years, you know that I've been I've done ministry for many many years. Yeah, but trying to keep that um, the priorities of family and ministry right, and not making an idol out of family to where you're not serving, but also not making an idol out of ministry to where your family is sacrificed. Absolutely, is a really important balance. And so we hope that what you guys get out of this is some really solid questions to be asking yourself to reevaluate in your marriage, in your parenting regularly so that you don't fall in the ditch on either side of the road. Because well-intentioned parents totally fall into this ditch. We've seen leaders in churches before with, you know, good-sized families totally looks like they're adhering to the Lord and then their kids start straying. Amazing preachers. And then the parents follow the kids. Actually, you're right. We so we've seen, seen we've seen all kinds mm-hmm. of situations happen. And and can I just say so you guys may not know this but we have planted a church and Isaac has been taking us through 1 Timothy. And we're talking about the qualifications of an elder, which every Christian by the way should know what the qualifications yes. of an elder are. And the reason why this is important is because it you at are part of your body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And somebody has to be holding the elders accountable. And how many times have we seen people be elected to office or appointed to an office like eldership and then their children's behavior disqualifies them? Yeah. Right. And so we're we're not going to go into that in depth, but that has to do with people making an idol out of ministry or other things and not tending to their family. So we really want you to find balance. Yeah. So the first key or the first thing is... But may, maybe you're idolizing your family is if you f- have fear of the world. Mm. That's not something usually someone might think about right off the bat when it talks about idolizing family. But fear of the world is a big problem. And it could be, not necessarily, but it could be an indicator that you actually idolize your family versus focusing on God as the first priority. And the reason is, is perhaps you or you've heard people fearing bringing another kid into the world. Well, why would we fear bringing another kid in the world? Well, because we don't want suffrage for that kid. We believe it's such a hard time in this world or what's ahead mm-hmm. of us that we don't want our child to be hurt. Well, first of all, whose potential child is that? It's God's. It's God's. And what's the purpose of parenting? It's to, to glorify, glorify God, God and to equip his kids to launch, to impact the world for his glory, for his kingdom. It's true. And so, you're getting so excited. I'm afraid you're going to spill your coffee. So let's spill it. <laughs> so if if we have that fear, then our focus is wrong. We might be caring too much, actually, about our family over godly things. You know, as you're talking about this, I also could envision the temptation for people to even put what a biblical family looks like on a pedestal, which would be the same as putting that, making them an idol, right? This ideology of what a family should look like biblically and go, "Mm, I don't want to work that hard or "Mm, I can't actually do that. 
So I'm not going to bring another child into the world. I'm just going to be mm. responsible for the ones right here because this is all I can I can handle. Do you see how there's too many eyes in all of those sentences? Well, and if we pour into a couple then and don't spread ourselves too thin with many, then we can do a really good job on those kids. Yeah, it's interesting. There's there's some really interesting perspectives on that. But I think that, you know, our question that you should be asking is, am I making decisions yeah. regarding parenting, life even, yep. because of a fear of the world? Yeah, or over-focusing on uh, our jurisdictions in a way that distracts us from God's purposes, which yeah. actually hurts our parenting. The yeah. very thing we're trying to, to protect and hold dear could be suffering because we don't put God first. Right. I mean, another aspect of fearing the world is that like protective, too protective. Now, listen, you guys, we're all for being wise as serpents and gentle as doves, as the Bible Amen. calls us to be as Christians. We believe the whole word of God, which even warns us in Proverbs that bad company can corrupt good character. Absolutely. And that children have foolishness bound up. There's foolishness bound up in the heart of a child. So therefore, we don't make our children in charge. We don't let them make the decisions of who their friends are going to be when they're really little because we have to help them yeah. learn how to make wise choices. But there, people can take it too far, right, Isaac? To mm -hmm. where it becomes isolationism. Yeah. And they start isolating away and not having any kind of community because they're scared that the outside world's going to corrupt their children. Which it's is called fear-based fear parenting, which we totally distance ourselves from. We've never been that way. And we don't encourage anybody to be that way. No. We're not to be isolationists where we just protect them all <laughs> the while while they're in our family and then hope for the best for them when they launch outside of our family into the world. Right. No, they need to ex gradually experience the world with our supervision and good relationship and open communication, yeah. trust, mm -hmm. and uh, disciple our kids being in the world, but not of it. Right. Now, I will say, I'm just going to add this in there because you need to know it. There will be times when your kids will be tempted to sin. Yeah. And our perspective should always first be, how can I redeem this situation, use it as a teaching opportunity so that God can be glorified, my child's character can grow, and that other child can grow as well. That doesn't mean you ignore it. Yeah. What does that mean in biblical community? It Me means you actually confront the issues. You have to have the conversations about the other child and what happened with the other parent. And if they flee, then they flee. Right. They're either going to grow or you're not going to have close fellowship with them. Yeah. But you don't ignore the situation and you don't just isolate. Now, the other thing that's super important with this in parenting is that let's say there is an issue and your kid is really struggling. There may be a time where you do pull back yeah. for a short season and then you go back again. Right. And yeah. so but you as the parent are in charge and you have to be in the word of God to have that spiritual discernment to know how to handle those things. Absolutely. One of the ways from experience that I've put family in front of something really important, my health. And I know that's happened to you before, too, partly because I've not helped you in the ways I should. Uh, dads, you got to help your wives out there in their health, especially when they're having kids and all those things. Create space time. It's very important. Encourage that. Yeah, it's very important that you take care of your body in between having the babies. But I've seen women even take, you know, working out and making that an idol and going into the other, the other direction yeah. where they 
that leads to total destruction of marriage and family as it well. Does. So you have to be careful on both sides. But I wanted to share a resource. Every once in a while, we share a resource we really believe in. And there's no benefit to me here except the f- good feeling of helping out something I believe in. And my good friend, Joseph Hunt, our good friend, mm-hmm. who at a time just a year ago, I was overweight and didn't have the vitality I needed. And so I asked him for help and he put me through his Rise Life Academy program, uh, which was transformational. I lost 32 yeah. pounds. I gained muscle in you 90 days. Of and I, ke- I have kept the pace with it over a year now. And it's been truly amazing. So riselifeacademy.com forward slash transformation if you want to find out about it. By the way, you can get 20% off. Rise Life Parents is the code altogether caps. Rise Life Parents. And uh, I just encourage you guys to check that out if you're looking for something online mm-hmm. uh, to get coached, mentored, get the meal plan and get the food uh, and the exercise. What I learned is you can do it healthy without some weird diet if you just eat the right things and have the right combination of exercise at the same time. And There's you know no what? shortcuts. It's there, really both. Yeah, it is both. And the thing I like about it is that we were able to create a new culture in our family where the kids were working out with us. Yeah. And so that has been truly transformational because then you're changing the trajectory of your legacy. So that is my health coach, if you want to check it out. And by the way, I just want to take a moment. I appreciate anybody that's given us a five-star review. It just takes a tap and boom, and it helps the algorithms get us up there and what's hot and all that. Also, the reviews, really encouraging to us. It takes about 10 hours to create every episode uh, with everything involved. And so we really appreciate that. And also, uh, we're giving away um, the date night one sheet which is a vision sheet if you subscribe to our email list at CourageousParenting.com. And while you're there, um, go to podcast. You'll see all the notes, scriptures, video of this episode, and any resources we mention. That's so right. That's yeah, really so important. Yes, you can always get the scripture references and like bullet points of what we're talking about yeah. so that it's easier for you. Yeah. So the second point is your marriage could destruct over time if you idolize family. And so what you don't realize is while you have the kids in the home, if over 80% of your marriage conversations, and I'm just using a number here, but if a large part of your marriage conversations are maintenance Mm -hmm. talk, talking about kids, Mm -hmm. talking about issues, Mm -hmm. then uh, you are not working on your marriage. And when the kids leave, what happens? Well, yeah, you may look at each other and go, I don't know you and I don't want to be with you or which would not be a reason to do that. I'm yeah. just saying, but that's what's happening. That's what we're seeing among the culture today yeah. is people staying together for the kids and then ditching and breaking up 20 years into marriage. Well, they don't even know they're staying together for the kids. They think kind of everything's okay, but they run out of it. They don't realize that they didn't nurture nourish the marriage relationship on a consistent day-by-day, week-by-week basis so that by the time the kids are older or they depart from the home, there's just not enough to talk about and they lost uh, that thing for their marriage. And by the way, even in that situation, they should still you know, learn and stay together. But there's a challenge out there. And so if you've made an idol out of your family, that is a major repercussion we see happening in a big way. Right. So one good question to ask yourself is, am I investing in my marriage? Second question would be, how? How can I better invest in my marriage? Yeah. And, you know, if you want some whys, the the healthy fear of what could happen is a good why. Yeah. Another good why is the fact that you are modeling what you should want 
for your kids? Can you tell them, follow our example? Yeah. Can you tell them that? Because the reality is this is a legacy maker or breaker. Yeah. Right here, this topic. Because if you have a child-centric home, yeah. guess what your kids are going to most likely do? And it could ruin their marriage. And I know you don't want that for your kids. I know that you don't want them to get married and wind up in divorce. I know that you want them to have a thriving marriage just as much as you want one for yourself. And guys, you need to initiate in your marriage. You are the spiritual leaders of your home. You are the the, the leader in the marriage equation, um, both equal in value, but you got to be that proactive leader to nourish to it, to stoke the, the fire, life. to pursue yes. your bride and cherish her, the Bible says. You must cherish your wife. And so if you overly focus on the kids mm-hmm. and under focus on the marriage, you actually hurt the kids in the long run anyways. It's interesting. So I, I would say this all sounds really good, but people listening might be thinking, Isaac, what are some practical like ways that I could tell if I'm making an idol out of my family and not nurturing my marriage? Just audit how much you talk about the kids versus, uh, you know, fun things you do with the marriage, fun things you talk about. Um, you know, just analyze how much you just talk about maintenance talk. It takes even being introspective. Versus loving each other in good right. communication. Well, and communication, one of the questions that we've asked each other is how can I be a better wife? Yeah. How can I be a better husband? And so it's that's, that's going to take courage it to will. ask that kind of question. But it's a question that needs to be asked, actually, yeah. because that answer is going to reveal a whole lot. Um, the other thing I would suggest too, I was thinking like if couples aren't having date nights, they then they're dance. potentially making an idol out of family or they're not prioritizing their marriage enough. So the download I mentioned earlier will really help you in using on your date night, but just initiate on the right. date night. If you gravitate towards just talking about the kids or running out of things to talk about or maintenance talk, then you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's super important. So I do want to just share with you guys from Joshua 1.9. It says, have I not commanded? you be strong enough good courage do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the lord your god is with you wherever you go and you know this pertains to what we were talking about regarding fear of the world and mm-hmm. parenting and not isolating yeah but it also pertains to being having courage in your marriage and being mm-hmm. willing to say you know what i really feel like you're always all about the kids mm-hmm. or you know what you haven't you haven't pursued me. I'm the one that's always planning the date nights or whatever it is. You guys need to be able to communicate and it needs to be objective, non-offensive. And you just, you need to regularly audit because if you're regularly doing it, then things are not going to likely build up as much. And then there won't be this big offense. And whatever you're worried about, if it tends to be mostly about kid related things, you might be idolizing your kids. We're not to worry at all, actually. It's a lack of faith. Mm -hmm. And on the fear thing, we are to fear God, that good kind of fear for his awesomeness, how amazing is his authority in our lives and how he's a good God. and He wants blessings for you and your kids. If you can trust us, right? He loves us so much. He's a jealous God too. Oh, but yeah, I mean, regarding that, that he's a, he even says, I am a jealous God. And what is he talking about? He cares about he wants our, our attention. hearts. He wants our hearts. He wants our hearts. And when we have idols or we are um, not not prioritizing him, mm-hmm. God, the father, then he becomes jealous for us. And it's a good kind of jealousy. Um, and I would just say that we need to be careful as women to make sure that we are prioritizing God because if we aren't, that could be revealing 
where we really think what what is really most important to us. Absolutely. We all make time for what's important. And that's our next point, which is number three, you know, parents uh, will often have doctrine erosion when their kids stray from the faith. So what I mean by that is when the kids lifestyles, when they're older, start to, if this happens, walk away from God in certain areas or have deliberate, consistent sin in their life, but still calling themselves Christians or even not, then the the parents, they tend to sometimes, if they vitalize family, move their doctrine to match the lifestyles of their kids. Right. To justify to so that they don't feel guilty, maybe for not having held their kids accountable or taught them. Or maybe they start wondering, well, maybe the Bible isn't relevant to the issues of today. It's a whole lot easier to think that way than it is to think their sin leads to death. Because that's what Bible says. Bible says it right. leads to death. Right. And so if we don't want that for our kids, wouldn't we lovingly point them in the direction towards life? Well, here's the problem. The reason this happens and happens to really good families, we've seen it, yeah. is they actually love their kids more than mm-hmm. they love God. The relationship with their kids is stronger than their relationship with God. And when does that happen? I, I feel like that happens because a lot of times... Like we've seen this among really strong, well, so we thought really strong believers, right? Mm-hmm. Even preaching. Mm-hmm. And then we see their families fall away, like their whole families. Yeah. And I think to myself, is that because they weren't like they were following a man versus following God? I think like originally, I think or these is things it happen. That they made an idol out of family, and, and they it just... happens slowly. You might be thinking, "Oh, it's not going to happen to me." I love God. Awesome, praise God. However, we must be humble. We yeah. must be sober-minded, and we must not think things won't happen to us because then we're not vigilant to make sure they don't happen to us. Oh man, that is so true. I can't tell you, like someone within the last year said something super powerful to me just regarding that they were showing a humble heart and said, man, this situation that this brother and sister are walking through is humbling because it's just two bad decisions. We are just two or three bad decisions, maybe even one bad decision away from being in the same Mm -hmm. pit as that person right there. That's humbling because it's, it's not in and of ourselves that we can ever, we can't save ourselves. No. And our kids can't. Jesus can. And so that's why he needs to remain our number one. And the fact that God tells us not to have other idols, if we obey that one law, yeah. everything else in life would be easier. Because idols erode your faith over one time. day, one moment at a time Amen. over a lot of days. And it accumulates to unbelief or mm-hmm. lack of doctrine truth, which we're talking about in this. And a little bit off of what this says is a lot off. Okay, so we either believe this is an inherent word of God and this is the truth or we don't. And you know what? If we only believe most of this is the truth, your kids won't believe any of this is the truth. Mm -hmm. You know what? I would not believe in God when I was 23 years old unless this entire thing was true. And I came to know the Lord because God revealed to me that the entire thing was true. And so it doesn't make logical sense to young people if they can pick their own truth within here and call it truth. Okay, you just spoke a super powerful message in a day and age when everyone has their own truth. And 
and churches, even pastors, will just skip over yep. some of the word of God or they'll go, oh, you know what? That was meant for the culture back then sure. versus realizing that God's word actually says that the word of God is living and active, able to reprove and rebuke and for every teaching. <laughs> That's powerful. And just remember, sometimes love isn't just touchy-feely, isn't just hugs, isn't just encouraging. Sometimes love is telling the truth people don't want to hear. Sometimes love is taking the sword of the spirit and wielding it well in love to reveal truth and where someone is erring, including your kids, including your teenagers, including your kids that have launched from your home. And so just remember, we should not move to a lesser belief in the Bible just because there's sin in our family's lives. Right. So yeah. it's really important. Your fact, walk with staying, God is important. Staying strong and, and faithful to the word of God may be actually what brings them back. You never know. So there's an encouragement. It could be. And so well. right here in Matthew uh, 10, 37, it says, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Mm. So your kids need to love God more than they love you. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Okay. Does it get more clear than that? There we go. That right there is all about family idolatry. Yeah. And, you know, as interesting as I think about the story of Abraham and Isaac. Yeah. Because Abraham waited till his elderly years for God to give him the blessing that he had promised him mm -hmm. in the son Isaac, right? And then the Lord tested him to see if he was making an idol out of this gift that he had right. given him. And Abraham passed the test by saying, God, I do love this son. You know how much I love my son, but I'm going to obey you above all else. And he passed the test. And I just like that to me is the ultimate example of, of keeping God in the right place in your mind, in your heart, in your soul. And talk about the most profound legacy that ever lived is the, the, the Abraham's legacy. Abraham. legacy. Yeah. And so that's really important. And so just real quick, before we move on, we're going to go into this next point that's super important. But um, one of the ways that we make all this work and spend this time is we're able to share some things that are really impactful. And one of those things, actually, it's free, really cool, the free Courageous Parenting Workshop. There's mm -hmm. six keys to being a courageous parent woven together that are instrumental. People are raving about this. It's like a 30-minute workshop. And uh, they get a free download, too. And they get a free download with 27 scriptures that have to do with parenting. Uh, it's a, called a parenting packet. It's from the Parenting Mentor Program. And you also get at the very end, just for a couple minutes, you get a glimpse of what the Parenting Mentor Program is. And that is the paid program. It's a six-week mm -hmm. uh, in-depth, self-paced program. Let's hear from some parents that have gone through it, and then we'll be right back. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. 
It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. Wow, so amazing. I think the most powerful part of the Parenting Mentor Program, actually, the content's amazing. 10 hours of curriculum that, that you can take at your own pace, you always have access to, but the powerful community is becoming one of the strongest points of this thing. It's pretty amazing. We have over 200 people in the private Facebook group and people are engaging with each other and we do the Facebook lives and even people who've been a part of the previous programs get to stay in there. So they get to benefit from seeing the Facebook lives and, and only the first one of each program is similar yeah. and the others are always new content. And it's so, so important and it's such a marriage aligning program. So if you really want is, your marriage yeah. aligned around parenting and do do it biblically together and have more of a sense of teamwork, that is what this thing is. You know, and I also wanted to mention too that I get a lot of messages from parents asking for recommendations for resources, either books to read with their kids yeah. or books that, that would be good for them to read. And that's the other thing that is so powerful. Like we could literally teach maybe five podcasts in a row and still not go through all the resources that we've learned about in the last 19 years, but we share them all in the parenting packets. And we've collaborated with some of the companies to give those who've gone through the parenting program that extra, the extra discounts. Yeah. And so they benefit hugely yeah. through going through it. But anyway, I wanted to share with you guys, just as we're talking about this doctrine erosion, Yeah. when kids stray, you know, this is fundamentally, you could label that as a repercussion or a reaction or symptom of having had a child-centric home. Mm -hmm. A child-centric home is one where the parents are not necessarily parenting. The children are in charge. The kids run it. The kids are like, they want to play soccer year round. So guess what the whole family does? The whole family literally mm -hmm. evolves around that child's sport or those two children's sports. And what does that do? It actually indulges a selfishness in the child. Doesn't necessarily make them better bold. kids. No, or it doesn't. Now I'm not saying soccer's bad. No. We actually have a son who plays we two yeah. sons that play soccer. Yeah. However, we're really careful to be keeping an eye on their attitudes regarding if they think that life is about them and coming and watching me and supporting me. We make me. sure that life doesn't revolve around any single person, including us in this family. And we, and it, guess what? It's a lot of work. It takes courageous parenting because yeah. it's, it can be exhausting at times, but, but you have, and you have to pace yourself for the marathon, yeah. the long game that parenting is, but it's ultra important because we're talking about their character. Now, um, your identity must be in Christ, not your family. So as if your identity um, isn't yeah. being a mom, mm -hmm. there's a danger. You might just ask yourself your question. You might pray to God and go, God, 
would you reveal to me if my identity is too wrapped up in being a mom and not is is focused on you? I think that that's something that probably moms struggle with more than dads do. I would think that guys probably struggle more with like their identity being wrapped up on and how successful they are. The successful work. they are, maybe how the house looks, how the property looks, putting too much emphasis in idolizing right. things. There's all cars. kinds of cars, I mean, all, kinds, all of sports, kinds of sports, all kinds of ways we idolize things. And yeah. um it's just, or maybe just focusing on the accomplishments of her kids and idolizing that and focusing so much on that mm-hmm. versus our relationship with God and steering our family towards having a strong relationship with God. Right. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times I've heard from people saying, I'm just not satisfied just being a mom. And I just want to go, but you're not just a mom. Like God's word tells us Amen. who you are here. I'm going to share actually from first Peter Chapter two, verse nine, which says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. You were, you once were not a people, but are now the people of God. So you, that is your identity. Yes. That is who you are. Mm -hmm. That is most important loving and glorifying God and being who he says you are. That is the key. And I, you know, I think that a good question that moms could ask is, am I prioritizing time alone with God? Because if you're not spending time every single day in the word, then you're clearly putting other things as a higher priority than him. And yes, that God says that knowing his word is, is, important yeah right he, he does say that yeah and we should desire to be in the word we should be craving his wisdom Amen. we should be craving understanding of the word and how it applies to our life and getting encouragement from it yeah but god desires to have a relationship with each of us yeah and a relationship takes work and what you put into it you will get out of it just like if you don't invest in your marriage, your your eventually your marriage will crumble. And here's the thing: again, it's so important for your relationship with God for your salvation, but it's also important so that you don't get off track if your kids get off track when they're older. Yeah, because we need to be the firm foundation that are upholding the truth in the world. Okay, so now number four is, you know, family is prioritized over godliness and a couple areas we want to address with you which is um dangerous potentially dangerous relatives and, and friends s- and friends and so if we're putting mm-hmm. relationships with others ahead of purity safety and godliness with our kids then that's a problem we might be idolizing those relationships more than what god wants yeah i think that a lot of times people probably have good intentions as well, but they, they're they just choosing to turn a blind eye to things. And you need to be aware that what you sow, you will reap. Yeah. And that children are impressionable. So you have to make... You have to make tough decisions. Parenting takes courage. That's why we're doing this podcast. And we if, get it. And if if parenting is to glorify God and equip his kids to have impact in the world for the kingdom of God, then you better put that in front of a potentially hurt relationship with uh, your parents, an aunt and uncle, friends, 
It's not that we want to cause division, but we no. want to hold our jurisdiction purely before God and yeah. do what he has asked us to do. I will say to you as an encouragement that the Bible tells Christians to yeah. judge within the church, but not not to judge those who are outside the church and that we're yeah. to love them and to be witnesses to them. And so your perspective in those relationships just changes. But what Isaac's talking about is if you have a brother or an uncle or a friend or a neighbor and you know they've struggled with pornography or they watch things that are bad, don't let your kid go do a sleepover. Yeah. Like, just you be know vigilant. what I mean? Just be wise. Just use wisdom. That doesn't mean that you can't be kind to them. Yeah. But yeah. here's another one. What if we frequently miss church because of the kids' sports games or camping frequently, or we just don't feel like it, or it's Sunday fun day and we want to really cultivate relationships in our family, so we're going to miss church? That is a sign that you idolize family over godliness. And so- that is really important to think about. Yeah. I, you know, the scripture that we were talking about for this particular yeah. part is sometimes people overlook it and they don't realize it because they're like, oh, mm -hmm. well, I can worship God while I'm camping. And, wow. and oh, and our family's just been working so hard or I've been working hard. I haven't been with my family. Deserve I know, a break. I, I know it bring God glory if yeah. I was spending more time with my family. So let's go camping. Well, here's the scripture, Hebrews 24, 25. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. If we don't meet regularly with fellowship with other strong believers, and iron sharpens iron and being each other's lives, we also will tend to move towards things like idol worship, whether it's our family or other things, and will not put God first, and destruction is around the corner. So we need to be in fellowship with other people and not sacrifice godliness mm -hmm. for you know family priorities or sports or things like that plus what does that say to our kids we need to be able to say follow our lead parent like us someday have a marriage like us someday have a relationship with god like us someday they are watching and they are learning the pattern of your life and right. they'll probably replicate what you have and unfortunately a lot of times people almost replicate what their leaders do so it's not even as good Right. And I, I will And sometimes say, they do better. We want, what's the goal? That they do even better than us, right? Right. But that takes courageous parenting. I would also say that regarding this topic of like going to church on a regular basis, God's word is telling us what is good for us. Yeah. He is not, this is in Hebrews, you guys. This is the New Testament yeah. even, which I love that that scripture is in there because God knows what's best for us and he knows that our hearts will wander. Yeah, And he knows that our minds can become influenced. And if we are not among believers on a regular basis, encouraging one another, sharpening one another as iron sharpens iron yeah. and, and holding one another accountable to living biblically, it's dangerous yeah. for us and for our kids. And so what we're preaching is not a legalistic way of viewing church. We're not saying you can't go camping here no, and there. No. You guys, that is not it it's at all. It's a hard attitude towards the things God cares about, the bride of Christ. That's right. And it's also recognizing that it's not about going to a building. No. It's about being in fellowship with the body of Christ Amen. and being a part of it because you're going to need 
those people to point out to you if you've made family an idol or if your marriage isn't doing well or if your business is failing or whatever. So if this has helped you, please share it. Further the movement of impacting 1 million families and their legacies. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.